Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arment. And you can... I was going to say still, but you can always, should always become a member of Really FM and Make Do. And that will get you our special member episode, a bunch of other great bonus stuff. Uh, you can find the special anniversary episode from San Francisco on the Connected feed. We'll link it in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So after we were not inspired by that book we tried to read a while back, <laughs> we decided to, to uh, give it another go to consume something inspiring. So we watched a documentary uh, called Gerhard Richter Painting about an mm-hmm. artist called Gerhard Richter. Uh, made by Corinna Bells. She'd made a short film about him a few years before this longer documentary because he's one of those like elusive, reclusive artists who doesn't want to talk about himself. Uh, He's one of Germany's foremost, or considered, I guess, I don't know if that's objective, considered one of uh, Germany's and the world's foremost contemporary painters. He's been active for ages and ages. He was born in the 30s, so he lived through the war. He managed to escape from uh, East Germany right before they built the Berlin Wall. So he's he's experienced a lot. He's worked through a lot of different styles. This documentary primarily follows him preparing for a number of shows and when he's working on abstracts, but he's done a lot of different things. We'll try to link to both the film's website and like maybe the Wikipedia article and stuff. So uh, this was your suggestion. Uh, what made you want to watch this this film? Well, I have a friend who recommended it, and he watches it with his students. And the way he was speaking about it and the way he was telling me about the documentary and, and the kind of the themes that get involved, it made me think a lot about us and our show mm-hmm. and the idea of exploring what art means and how it feels to create and what it feels like to be watched or seen in that way. And I just thought it would be kind of a fantastic fit for us. So that's why I was like, when he told me about it, I'm like, you need to write this down, like tell me exactly (laughs) what it is. And I don't know about you, but I feel like he was totally right because and I feel like that this fits in with our show, because it was really, there was something about this documentary that was it just it showed a light into this very famous artist's life and it is like he's kind of all of us mm-hmm. who have the same anxieties and n- trying to figure out what is good and what is good enough and all of those things that go through his head as an artist are all the things that go through everyone's head and i thought that that was really humanizing and wonderful to hear and it was also kind of a beautifully done documentary i don't know about you but i could have just like sat and watched him paint for a really weirdly long time it was absolutely mesmerizing oh no definitely like i felt that like the documentary i mean usually films are a work of art but like the the documentary both that we got to watch him paint and the way it was shot it really felt like an like an art experience to to have that and to like it very much like, you know, went in on the small details, literally and figuratively. And then also just like the whole big process. And yeah, no, I could, it was, it was so meditative to just watch mm-hmm. it because what he does is he's working in layers and these huge sort of squeegee <laughs> tools. Yeah. They call them squeegees, but it yeah. is kind of just like plexi on wood that he scrapes across the canvases. It's fascinating with, with tons of paint. And so he's, you see the paint moving back and forth. And because 
like we've talked about before, paint dries, you know, slowly, but as it's drying in different <laughs> thicknesses, that also means that the next layer, some of the paint will get caught on the texture from the layer before. It's amazingly transformative to watch, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it yeah. actually, it reminded me of, I don't know if you remember, but a number of episodes ago, I mentioned uh, a young artist called Sevi Marie, uh, Sevi Marie Art on Instagram. I'll link it. And she also works so much with like big scrapers and scraping away and adding and putting on more. Uh, so it was kind of fun to see, you know, this amazing master doing the same kind of thing. And the way he does it, I love that he, you you watch it and, <laughs> and you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful, just like that. And then he goes, he like puts something crazy on top of it. And you're like, no, what did you do? And then it eventually it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I see it's what you did. So you made it like, it's just, it's amazing. And not everything he does is right or good or perfect or makes it better. Sometimes it makes it worse and he goes back and he does it again and mm-hmm. he looks at it and he gives it the time it needs. And I think that it was, it's very therapeutic, I think, for anyone who's creating something to see that everyone goes through this kind of process and that it isn't just a, oh, this is a beautiful abstract painting. You must have just like put some paint on the canvas and walked away and said, it's dunsies. It's not like that at all. It's There's so much more consideration that goes into it. And I thought that that was a really beautiful thing to see in this documentary too. Yeah, I, I talk, uh, you know, when we talk and I talk to other artists and I do interviews and things. And one of my favorite questions is always like, how do you know when you're done? Uh, and you kind of get to that a lot of people talk about, you know, the last 10% take up 90% of the time because you're mm-hmm. just like fiddling and poking. Uh, I really loved at one point he said, uh, when nothing is wrong anymore, I stop. And <laughs> yeah. Like when I listened to it at first, I was like, well, that's a very sort of depressing way to like when you're just like, you're, it's not a when it's good, I stop. But the more I thought about it, the more I felt that that's actually a, like a way more positive way to think about it because then it's it's kind of the sort of good enough philosophy uh mm-hmm. and you know when when he doesn't feel anything sort of nagging at him then it's done it's not like i have to achieve perfection i thought that was really really interesting but i was also thinking like if his you know his his manager or agent or gallerist or friend or wife you know they're like oh that's so pretty and then they probably have that reaction that you have when he just like smooshes a whole new layer of paint over it. And they're like, no. Well, there was even this one point in the documentary that one of his assistants or someone was like, you can't say if it's good or not. Like you can't say that because then he'll go and he'll change it and he'll like, he'll undo it because someone else said something about it. And he's like, no, 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 I can't have this. I thought that that was brilliant because it's like, I feel that too. As soon as someone's like, oh yeah, that's good. You're like, it's crap i'm going to ruin it all (laughs) and i wonder how often they like do uh, i don't know some sort of reverse psychology on him to be like yeah right like if you don't like you're like oh that's great and a lot of the documentary here and there was was about um him giving these paintings rooms to breathe and letting it sit for a while and then coming back to work on it he wasn't on top of it all day and then just saying like, okay, I'm done. Or I did this in one bout. It was, it's multiple day process. Or like when he took those black paintings Mm -hmm. and then he painted them white. I was just like, oh my God, like that was such a big moment. And I just couldn't believe he did that. And it was one of those things. It's like, he just, 
he wasn't feeling that anymore. And so he just totally changed it. And I wonder if inside he died a little bit (laughs) when like, oh, no, what did I do? (laughs) And he's like, I just have to roll with this. But I, I don't know. Like, I just thought that that was kind of a big thing that they touched on a little bit, but then they, the documentary moved away from it. But that to me, that was affecting. I was like, sometimes I do. I look at something I've made and I can't help but be like, what if I just took neon pink and just, (laughs) just blobbed it all over this? Like what? Just a big of like neon pink. What what would that do? Like sort of the artistic equivalent of shaving your head. Yeah, just like something I worked really hard on, just kind of messing it up. I don't know. I get those like that call of (laughs) like that destructive call to do something like that. And it looks like sometimes he embraces it. Mm -hmm. I get that sometimes during the process of pottery, especially where I'm just like, I could just squish this right now. And sometimes (laughs) I will, if I'm not feeling something, I will just like squish it before I get too into it. And that's, it's not quite the same thing because if you, you know, if you pour neon paint on your thing, it's still a thing. You can still keep working on it. Uh, But it's, it's kind of in the same, like I could just, you know, either, either ruin or experiment because squishing something could also turn it into, into something else. But, you know, I thought it was cool. Like you say, when he gives things time and space, because you'd be like, well, I'll come back in a day. I have to look at it in a day. Uh, But Mm -hmm. also that he really, really had the space to the literal space, physical space to back up and look at his work because his workspace Mm -hmm. was amazing. I was watching part of it with someone who was like, do artists usually paint in a gallery? Because he had this like (laughs) huge room with white walls and his, he, he didn't work on a, on an easel, he had his huge canvases on the walls. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if it was because he wanted to feel what they're like in a gallery or just because he had that space to really, you know, work on them, being able to back up and also being able to work on a bunch of things at once so that he could let things rest and be like in different stages of the process with like Mm -hmm. these maybe eight or 10 really big canvases. What did you also drool over his, his workspace? Oh, yeah, it was absolutely massive. And the light in there looked incredible and how it had kind of that garden off the back and everything. It was, it is quite the complex he has there to paint in. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, but he is he's like, he's such a successful painter, right? Mm -hmm. Like he has the resources and the space to create some of these works and his works are just so large. A lot of them are so large, but then some of them he has are very small, right? Like some of the 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 portraiture and stuff mm-hmm. that he he has. It was, and that's what I think is fascinating about him as an artist is that he isn't just one thing. It looks like he's had so many iterations of like the different types of things that he has produced throughout his life, and it keeps changing and shifting, and and he allows himself that freedom, and I think that that's really very cool. It is, and he's like experimented so much with both different styles and then different styles based on ideas and ideologies like he um he and and some i don't know what to call them colleagues cohorts had a period where they worked in what they called capitalist realism which is just just Mm -hmm. amazing but just like he yeah having that thing not being locked into into neither one style or one genre or one kind of subject where he just like yeah when, when you have that you have the resources and you have the, I don't know, stamina and experience to just like try all these things. You have the materials. You don't have to be precious about your pounds and pounds and pounds of, of paint on these giant canvases. That was, it was, and the, 
the documentary was so like sensory like sensual in the non-dirty sense of the word because you see also mm-hmm. him like squidging all this paint around and there's these these close-ups of just oh and the squishy. noise that it was too oh, like yeah. i was listening in like headphones and you could hear all the like like it's so what is that asmr uh-huh. <laughs> is that what that is it was just it was so incredibly visceral to watch this documentary and hear the the slopping of the paint yeah it was it was a very immersive experience for a documentary that seems like it would be so exclusively visual mm-hmm. and it, it was really cool to to because it's about an hour and 35 or an hour and 40 minutes long and because there's a lot of archive footage where they do interesting interviews and then the contemporary parts of the documentary they don't they only talk to him really that much towards the end mostly it's just like him painting and like the process and being in galleries and hanging things and then they just let the painting take its time you just get to sort of it's like you're sitting in his studio with him without Mm -hmm. disturbing him and you just get to see him work and it was yeah i really appreciate the way the documentary was sort of built up and and set up did did it make you want to paint because i immediately was like i need a wall and I need a giant <laughs> squeegee <laughs> and I need buckets and buckets of paint. It made me more introspective actually mm-hmm. about like what art means in life and stuff. Like, Cause I think that that was, you have here in the doc, like what was your favorite part? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like when I was watching and I wrote down some really distinct quotes that I really liked that as he was describing the process and kind of the first one that stood out at me was the idea of talking about painting is he, so the quote is to talk about painting is not only difficult, but perhaps pointless too. You can only express in words, what words are capable of what language can communicate and painting has nothing to do with that. And I just thought that that was so. So what are we here for? Interesting. <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> right. Well, we're talking about the feelings that are talking about That's that true. are in the paintings <laughs> that you're not talking about. Because <laughs> it is. It's like there's so much I'm that sorry, goes I, I on. I for real just got goosebumps, like physical goosebumps when you started talking about this. That hair on my arms is standing straight up. <laughs> Good. It's effective. And it's, it is one of those things that it's like you are making something whether it's painting or it's any kind of art or it's any kind of creating that it's so much more of an expression of the person and what you have and then he goes on later on in the documentary and this is like an hour after that quote and he talks about the idea of he is uncomfortable with the documentary crew watching him and he even mentions he says like i walk differently mm-hmm. because you're watching me and he also says something about it's a it's a complex thing something you do in private and then it's seen in public and you have someone that can be so cowardly but yet you know it goes and it, it's it's like a private thing and then and then all of a sudden it, it's extremely public mm-hmm. um and that idea of those two things that like not only is painting expressing something that you don't have words that are capable of expressing or art in general is expressing things that you don't have words to express but yet you want to express them in private because even the act of being watched while you express it changes Mm -hmm. how you would display it and then yet you have this thing that you created that then goes 
in a place that is very public. Like you can't hide it anymore when you were hiding it. And then now all of a sudden it's there. I don't know, like that whole idea of it. And he's talking about his paintings and his portraiture and the abstracts that he's doing. And, and all of it could be any kind of emotions that you're talking about, but all of it together, it was really the way he would describe it was so poignant. And it was, it really just made me think. And it was kind of beautiful, the succinct way he was able to express these little ideas well sorry these big ideas (laughs) and yet in such an artistic and beautiful way and i think actually the fact that you described them first as little and then as big it it also feels kind of right and poignant because it's there they're on the one hand they're so like basic they're like the most sort of innate human i don't know base level things but at the same time they're the hugest things they're the things that we can't quite process and get a handle on that kind of thing it's almost like how jamie would tell us back when uh, we were talking to jamie of how art is so much therapy you know and and it can be therapy and i think that creating anything and making things and expressing yourself even if it is just like i'm doodling i'm using color i'm coloring something in you know like they're coloring you're just coloring (laughs) you know there's just there's so many different ways to express yourself in that way and that's what it is it's just like that that letting go of, I don't know, part of what's inside of you. And it's, it's just really cool to hear someone who seems like this big commercial artist, talk about it like that. And he Mm -hmm. still feels so deeply all of these things, even as he's creating these gargantuan canvases that look like he's just like putting color up there to be commercial about it. And he's not he's Mm -hmm. feeling every single little brushstroke that he's putting into these paintings and it's amazing and also these huge paintings that will then go on to be displayed in new york and london and everything i also feel that you know when he's talking about the private parts of it also the documentary because i also reflected on that like you know being 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 watched it's kind of like with with science you know watching watching an experiment watching the quarks watching the thing that you observe of changing changes there's a there's a yeah yeah yeah. but also that it's so amazing to get to watch the process because if, you know, for such a normally reclusive artist, you probably don't get to see the process and the process is so amazing. Both seeing like something that you and I would say is done and amazing. And then, you know, no, and now it's all white instead. Mm -hmm. And it it reminded me, I did an interview a week or two ago with uh, an artist, uh, someone who's a photographer and a digital artist uh, for who's doing an exhibit at the photographic museum in Stockholm. And, this exhibit also comes with like an AR app. Uh, so you can watch with some of the works, how they were made. Like you can watch both the process of like traveling to get some of the shots and getting, taking portraiture and then all of the amazing layers of editing and manipulation that go through it. And she was talking about how she was at first a little hesitant to do that because she was like, I feel like people get too hung up on like the Photoshop aspect of it. Uh, and she wants people to focus on the art. And then she realized that, but it, it's it's interesting that people are fascinated by that, but also it shows the process. It shows that this isn't just like, you know, adding a filter or something. It's, there's more than that. And it's, there's so much thought and so much tiny manipulation that, that can also tell you something about the piece and give you sometimes just more appreciation for it and sometimes a different appreciation for it. Like you get the layers of that as well not just the layers of the piece itself but you can get that extra layer of 
either understanding or feeling and and like that kind of thing. I th- I also like the theme that came up in the documentary about how do you know something is good? Mm-hmm. And the idea that I think the quote was something like the producer, the consumer, the artist, the observer, they all have to have the uh, the quality, the ability to see if it's good or not and to make that judgment. And there must be a component of truth in order for it to be good. And that's what I thought was a really nice way of thinking about it. Like if it feels like it's speaking some kind of truth about something, then it is good. Like it, I don't know, it just, it it sparks that thing in you that you're like, this is good. Mm -hmm. Like, why is this one thing good? And this other thing is not good. It's like, because one of them has that truth to it and the other one doesn't. Uh, So like, I thought that that was, a really cool way to think about and, and look at things. And it is when I when I look at something that I've made, my favorite stuff feels true, mm-hmm. if that makes sense in true in like a very abstract kind of way, like whatever that means to you, you know, like whatever the word truth means to you at the time or in the situation or in the context that it's in. If it does feel true, then it feels good and I think that that can be true for like the artist and the person observing it like if you look at something and you feel truth from it even if someone else next to you doesn't then it's good to you and that's enough right so I I think that that's that was all really very neat way to think about how to see that your work is good Mm -hmm. without being like oh I, you know, without comparing yourself to anyone else, because I feel like the idea of having truth in your work, you can't put your truth on anyone else's work, you know, like, it's only yours. So the idea of comparing like, oh, they have straighter lines than I do, or (laughs) they used color better than me. It's like, it's not about the technique at that point. It's about the, the depth and the emotion and the truth in the work. And I, I really, I love that. Because like, even if you think about someone um, to use your craft, uh, craft being like as a, you know, skill, not crafty craft. But like, it, it, you can look at like two potters that like make things and you're like, why do I love this one? And I don't love this one. And, you know, like, I feel like there's an element of that in every kind of medium that someone would be using. Yeah, I also really felt and I would guess that you did too, when he's talking about like his works as I forget the exact phrase, but basically mortal enemies, like they're his combatants, yes. they're his, and like we, we can joke about it and be like, haha, yes, they're enemies, but there's also something there that you're, you're in this sort of battle with, you know, and in and, and the moment and literally your work, but also sort of on the larger scale, your, your whole work, your, your art is also your, you know, sometimes you're working with, sometimes you're working against, like it's always mm-hmm. this sort of dance i guess battle (laughs) (laughs) i feel like it's like a battle sometimes between skill and you know what you want to produce in your brain and you have to just like fight them until it comes out and what you feel like is like this is it this is now it's good now it's true and then also fight yourself to accept that it's good just like fight yourself to stop yeah And to not to not feel cowardly about it. You know, like when you say you're done with something, it's almost like letting that the cowardly, uh, you know, in, the, the introspective part that you were keeping to yourself. And just like earlier, he was saying, you know, 
it being so private uh, and then making it so public. It's like, you know, then you accept that kind of, it's just, it's all of these themes working together. I, that's why I thought this documentary was really particularly poignant and great and helpful to see as a young budding I don't want to say the A word, artistic person. Artist. <laughs> that, Artist. <laughs> that uh it just it feels good that other people have the same emotional hang-ups no matter how far they are into their career. Exactly, like someone who is, you know, in their at this point their late 70s. Now he's, you know, he's still alive, so he's now in his 80s. Uh, and who's been, you know, a working artist, a successful artist for like 60 years is also like, oh, no, what am I doing? But mm-hmm. uh, speaking of the, of the public thing, I loved all the miniatures because there's it, it starts out with um, they're setting up uh, or planning an exhibit. And so they have all these tiny printouts of his of his paintings. And first, they're just putting them out on like a flat piece of paper, where they've drawn out the the gallery room or the, the museum room. And it looks, you know, they're using it sort of like when people plan the seating at a wedding or some kind of event, where mm-hmm. they're just like setting them out along the walls. And I loved that to start with. But then they've also built up three dimensional models of like tons of different galleries and museums, and they're placing out these yeah. tiny print up printouts of his paintings to get the feeling. Of and it's it. all to scale. It's so cool. It's so at, at cool. One point, at one point, they even have like a tiny little, uh, I don't know, uh, spectator man doll thing <laughs> in there. And I was like, okay, now it got creepy. But then they're also even taking pictures, like taking photos of this tiny gallery to also get the feeling. For It was just, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful way to plan out how these paintings should be displayed. And it makes a lot of sense because it is affecting how you you place all these things. And it's important, especially from someone who has such a large body of work and the way that it's getting displayed in these massive gallery spaces that have all these turns and corners and things like you don't want to put the wrong thing next to something else and and have it not work right. And so it's like telling the story with his works. And it's just a really, really cool way to see them, the kind of the behind the scenes of how this all happens. It's not just like, oh, yeah, let's just bring everything to the gallery and then take it up, take it down, put it over (laughs) here, put it over there. It's like, no, this is all planned out meticulously before the event is even shipped over to the gallery it's supposed to go to. Yeah, exactly. And I I figure I'm, I'm sure he does this regardless. But also when you're someone like you said, with a huge body of work, and also probably a number of exhibitions and exhibits and shows like around the world throughout the year. Like there's just no way to try to figure that out, you know, in the moment or, or more laxly. I was kind of thinking we should build a miniature gallery and display our stuff in because then we can both check that off our bucket list. (laughs) Just make a tiny one, just print everything tiny and hang it up. Okay. Yeah, we could do that. Just tiny. And then send in a (laughs) tiny, tiny camera on a little, uh, tiny tiny throw. tripod yeah just like send it in <laughs> so uh did it make you think about like this idea of the reclusive artist like like just hide hiding away from the stuff that other people want you to talk about and and keeping your work to yourself like that i feel like that the artists who put the most thought and meaning into their pieces end up being more private to begin with when they're creating. Just like we were saying, which I found what we were supposed to be saying, the uh, 
with the phenomenon where the um, observer changes the nature of the observed. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that that is one thing. And then there's another type of artist who thrives on the performance aspect of their work. And even, you know, even though you could even say like, maybe those people, when they conceive of it, it's mostly in private. Um, Or there's also collaborative arts like the theater. So I think that the stereotype of the reclusive artists, it's just what it is. It's a stereotype. There are lots of different people who create in lots of different ways. And this is just kind of one of them, you know? Yeah. No, I, I, I like that he was like, cause he wasn't grumpy about it. He was, you know, no. per- perfectly friendly, but he, he just acknowledged that this is kind of weird. I love there were a few short moments in there where like, there's a photographer at a show who's just like, oh crap, there's a camera and backs out. And this uh, woman who comes in, this older woman who's also planning something, and you can tell when she enters the room that she's, I mean, she's presumably been warned about it, but she's so uncomfortable about it. And that kind of gives you a nice reminder that this isn't a natural situation. And that Mm -hmm. the fact that he's felt so natural is, you know, either because, you know, he knows the filmmaker he's met before, they've been filming for a while, but also that he's been in the public eye for so long but there really it isn't a natural normal everyday occurrence to have a camera like you know on your shoulder for parts of your work like just imagine if if you do other things just be like okay somebody's gonna film you and have you not just film you but have you talk about the things that you're doing it's like being followed around by a four-year-old who's like why 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 the whole time don't 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 that's a trigger don't do it <laughs> yeah no I'm, I'm i'm really really glad that you found this document i really it's kind of hard to get a hold of There's thanks like, bill <laughs> you have to uh sort of it was, it was going back and forth on whether you could rent it on certain of the services you, i think you can order dvds it's it's complicated but if you can get a hold of it i definitely definitely recommend it i think you can find clips from it and other interviews on youtube and such but you can definitely on the on the website for the film you can try and figure out where you can get a hold of it what do you think because like we talked about like the introspective thing, but what do you think like you're taking from this not like in the big scheme of things, but maybe like in your next week of painting or making, like what what are you taking with you as either like a tool or a way of thinking about it? Is there anything where you're like, this is something I want to try or this is a different way I'm going to look at my next canvas? I'm taking away from this the idea that some of my work doesn't have to go online. <laughs> you know, like I'm taking away what from it as like... Are you? I know I'm a terrible, I'm like a revert. Actually, no, I'm the ultimate millennial because now I'm rebelling against being a millennial millennial. (laughs) So I'm super, I've reached the super Nirvana millennial level where I'm the one that's like leaving internet stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But no, I feel like some of the things that I create feel very personal and I don't feel like that they're ready to be publicly out there. And I think that that's okay. And I think that that is what this kind of documentary (laughs) showed me a little bit was that the idea that art can come from a bit of a mm, publicly cowardly person who wants to express something anyway. And that's okay. And that can be kept to yourself, even though (laughs) this documentary wasn't about any of that. But you asked the question. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the idea of taking time to create something 
not having to let it out into the public space immediately or anytime soon or not until I'm ready for it to be out there. And I think that that is okay. And it makes me feel good knowing that sometimes a painting can just be about yourself or the thing that you create can just be about yourself. It doesn't always have to be out there for approval from anyone else to say like, this is good and this is bad. Like you can see if it's good or bad in the idea that it's expressing your own personal truth about things. And sometimes that's enough. And I think that, 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 so that's where, that's where I'm coming from. How about you? Has it changed? Okay. But can I still see your stuff though? Cause your stuff makes me happy. Uh, maybe we'll see. We'll talk about it. <laughs> I need, I need bribery. Bribery okay. is good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that it, it like for me, like it, th- there was that whole like emotional inspiration thing, but I think also I just like because I've been thinking, like I said, that I've I've been thinking about working just like, you know, big and messy and sort of abstract. I have been inspired by by Sevi Marie, and this I think just drove it home. That like, no, I this is something that I really want to try to play with, uh, and maybe I'll do it with like acrylics on plywood to begin with. <laughs> Ugh, acrylics. <laughs> I know you hate it. Uh. <laughs> or, or maybe I'll I'll make my own like egg tempera, something, whatever. But but just like this is something that I wanna wanna get into. Just mm-hmm. trying the big scrapey <laughs> scrapey. So you're That's going the- big and messy, big, messy and loud, and I'm going quiet and, and introspective. secret and introspective. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> I hate the term express your truth. <laughs> it just sounds so cheesy, but I don't know how else to say it. But speak you're not yeah. a lie. Okay. That's good. Speak you're not a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something that's been Google translated four times. <laughs> so if any of you want to go speak you're not a lie, um, you can go find our show notes. How's that? You can go find our show notes over at relay.fm slash make do and we are make do pod on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us individually at Tiffany Arment and at Julia Scott, S-K-O-T-T. Uh, maybe Julia will be displaying her big, messy abstract art, and I will be slowly bribed <laughs> to display my quiet, solace thinking art. Anyway, we will be back in a fortnight. And until then, go make and do. And support Really FM and make do so that you can also hear our special members episode. And speak your not lie. <laughs>